podcast, Greater Than Yourself, Season 4. Do you have an idea for an episode or a question about sobriety, spirituality, 12 steps, or sponsorship? Email us at podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com or contact us on Instagram at podcast underscore greater underscore than underscore yourself or Dr. Underscore Silkworth. It's sharp and dirty up in here. Let's get sharp that's and it. dirty. That's sharp and dirty. Sharp and dirty, like the, what was that? It was the American sense of humor is sharp yes, and dirty. Yes, Yeah, American yeah, yeah, yeah. Sarcasm. I love it. The sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. And on that note, <laughs> welcome back to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I'm Sylvia. And with us today is our I'm trying to our inner intergalactic guest, <laughs> Leia O. Hey, hi guys. Yo, what's going on? How are you? All good, all great. Happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to be sober. <laughs> good, good. You're you've got a it's it's good to have you on here. You're my only hope. Um, I'm just going to make the worst string of Star oh Wars gosh. jokes imaginable. Please do. Please do. Please do. So actually, now I'm thinking about it. You did you have you heard every episode of the show? Mm, I don't think every, but like close to the majority. Okay, because there's definitely some where we were really being Star Wars nerds. <laughs> Me and uh, um, what is her fake name? Marty? Me and Marty on the show. She had a whole thing where she did like, uh, at work, she did like a, a what is that? PowerPoint presentation. Um, <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> you, know, you, you didn't hear that? Well, you listen at 2.5 times speed. <laughs> so you you might miss a few things. <laughs> the nuance of my sharp dirty humor. <laughs> um yeah, no, she and she has uh she sent me a few things about like the, the correlations or like analogies between Star Wars and like the 12 steps and stuff like that. <laughs> I have actually thought about that and I thought, wow, that's that's actually, yeah, this is like this whole story of Anakin and, you know, the dark side and the like what happens and when Yoda comes in and he can't make the decision in Clone Wars. And it's like, I thought, oh my God, this is, this is so like 12 step stuff. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the metachlorians, all that stuff. It's, it's perfect for step three and step seven prayer talk, right? Yeah, there's like this the direct link. I mean, Sylvia is looking at us. Like, <laughs> what is happening? I think some people but are it, like it, checking Spotify. Like, <laughs> did I click on the right thing yeah. right now? Oh, so you listen on Spotify? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What 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 does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our topic today is the. How do I phrase this? I feel like it's weird, clumsy. The third and seventh step prayers. Right? Yeah. That's not the clumsiest not, phrase. Not clumsy. That's no. Okay. Um, it's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> and to enlighten us, we have, again, what, 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 is, what is her title that she's dying with? 
Oh, spoiler. <gasps> she died. <gasps> you should take that out, too. But did she, though? Because maybe she could have come back because <laughs> of the Force suddenly being able to do all this amazing shit that it wasn't able to do, like, 30 years later, uh, earlier. So See, I'm sensing that you're not a fan of the Disney movies, which I love. That's great. I like that about you. <laughs> That's terrific. Um... I feel like we could actually do another episode just yeah. on that. Let's do it. Let's let's do it sometimes, and we'll we'll publish it nowhere. It'll just be <laughs> me and you listening to me and you. Um, yeah. So we're gonna start on page sixty-three, third step prayer. Leia, O, oh, take it away. Okay. So this is the step three prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Mm. Mm. Always uh, like a big thing hearing this out loud. Mm Okay, so that was the step three prayer, and the seventh step prayer goes like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character, which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Hmm. Yeah, okay, so um, the step three prayer. So um, the step three prayer concludes step three. So I have now done step three, and um, I understand after step one that I am powerless, and, you know, like, my kids could not stop me from drinking. My husband couldn't stop me from drinking. Um self-knowledge in the sense that I was diagnosed by professional professionals as an alcoholic couldn't stop me from drinking. So I know at this point that human power or self-knowledge, like anything based on self-will, self coming from self-will is not able to stop me from, from drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm completely powerless, powerless over alcohol. Step two follows up on that. So I am now like on this grounding where I know that I cannot stop on my own or with the help of other people. So there must be something bigger than me to help me with this problem that I have. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a logical uh, follow-up into step three. So if I am powerless, if there is a power greater than myself that can help me with this or relieve me from my alcoholism, then what I need to do is to give it up to this power greater than than myself. This first sentence, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt, was when I first read this, it was like, what does this mean? How do I, like, what do you mean build with me? Mm-hmm. But I, I understand this now as just this, like, really basic idea of surrender, So this is where I'm at uh, with step three. Um, So like one step follows from another. It's a very logical and like a rational process, which takes me to this idea of surrender, which is great. 
rationally, right? So I'm there, I can write about it, I can talk about it, and I get to this point where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, so this is surrender, right? I'm surrendering now, full stop. And like, if this hadn't been followed with more action, I would, it would just stay on paper. Mm -hmm. It would be like a theory, like a slogan, you know, there would be nothing like think positive. No, because what we're told, <laughs> yeah, think, po surrender. Okay, Hang yeah. Hang in there, baby. So how, how the fuck is that done? Like, I've never surrendered anything in my life and mm. least of all control. So how am I supposed to do this? Mm. But the thing with this, with this step is that you're not being asked to understand how to do this. What you're being asked is to make a decision and a commitment mm -hmm. so this is where you're at the actions afterwards will follow and they will show you how to surrender or as happened to me it will just happen mm -hmm. like it will not require any thinking or journaling or writing or talking to your sponsor for two hours every week it will just happen as long as this commitment and this decision is followed by the action mm -hmm. so um I have this like feeling that we're being fooled or we're fooling ourselves in a way in the fellowship because like twice once is when we like entered the rooms and we start going to meetings and there's we're like you know there's all this um encompassing love towards the newcomer the the whole um thing of we will love you until you love yourself so right. you're you like that desperation that you feel at the beginning that's a bit like lessened because you're surrounded by love. It's going to be okay. These people know what they're doing. They're going to teach you, you know? So you're like, okay, fine. So you you might want to, this is what happened to me. I thought, okay, maybe I don't need the steps, you know? I'm feeling all right at this, at this point because I'm so surrounded by this amazing love from other people. Um, and then when I eventually started doing the, the steps slowly and writing about them and just really going into the theory of acceptance and so, like just... You know, looking at the concepts themselves from a, like a rational, intellectual point of view, uh, I was sure I was doing the steps. So when people asked me, because I at that point I was really miserable, mm. so people would I would go to meetings and just you know like talk about how horrible my life is and sobriety, how unbearable all of it is, and people would ask me, "Well, do you have a sponsor? Are you doing the steps?" And I would say yes because that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't really doing the steps. There was no, there was very, very little action taken on my part. So when I got to this point, after step one and two were explained to me in this way that I outlined at the beginning, which is exactly what the book says, then I was like, okay, right. So this is the part where it starts. <laughs> yeah. This is the part where like, there's a logical following. There's like a rational thing going on. And now is the moment where I'm actually going to start doing something with this. Um, and then it says, take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love and thy way of life. So at this point, I was thinking, okay, I've got lots of difficulties. I don't see like a straight path in front of me. I This is all muddled up. I don't know what to do. I really, really want to drink again. Mm -hmm. This is where I was at. So I was thinking, yeah, take away my difficulties. But then, you know, like, what were my difficulties? Well, my difficulties were mostly that people were assholes <laughs> and my life sucked. And it was like, well... 
how are these my difficulties you know like what what <laughs> right. is what is ha- i mean i always thought of myself as being this very giving you know and like full of empathy type of person mm-hmm. and i never really saw that this was not unselfish at all that all this like wanting to do good and wanting to give was really really based in self mm. so unselfish action at this point was just something beyond me i did not understand that concept and they even tell us on page 61 you know it was the first time where i saw something so clearly written about like my circumstances where they say uh in trying to make these arrangements our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous he may be kind considerate patient generous even modest and self-sacrificing and i thought yeah i tick all of these boxes <laughs> And then they say, "Uh-oh." He begins to think life doesn't treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. And I thought again, okay, this is exactly what's happening here. So but but then, you know, it was like that's that's where this is the place where I'm at in in my life right now. So why doesn't the show come off well? I mean, I'm trying so hard. <laughs> and then they tell me the show co- doesn't come off well. Because wait, there's you're more. fucking trying to control everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love it. So um, I didn't really understand what I was. Th- th- this prayer, when I said it uh, with in step three out loud, sounded like something really powerful. It touched me, but I didn't really understand what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand this as like this total commitment to give myself and all my life up to God. Hmm. mostly because I had no conception of God at that point whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I was there because I was just fucking miserable. Right. Um, but it started to make like all the sense uh, after I completed the steps. So now when I um, when I go through the step with uh, sponsees, it's, it always has like such a, an impact on me mm-hmm. because I'm thinking... You know, you might, some people understand what this is about. Some people don't. That's fine. Like we're not required to understand 100% what this is, Mm -hmm. but it's always like at this moment where I'm thinking, this is amazing. This, I mean, I get goosebumps Mm -hmm. every time I do step three with, with my sponsees because like this idea of surrender, like actual surrender is reinforced every time, um, we go through step three and then I always because I know this now after taking the the steps and after actually um, going into sponsorship I always try to sort of transmit this idea to my sponsees of this being uh, a commitment and a decision that I come back to every day Hmm. if needed it's needed Mm -hmm. in my case but (laughs) but yeah it's um uh, it's it's that part of step three that I really really uh, like doing with other people. Yeah. So often it's presented like step one is a problem, step two is a solution, step three is a commitment to solution. You know, um, one of the things that I really thought about when you were talking is conversations I have with people who are not doing the steps but think that they're doing the steps you know um and this is it's not a judgment on them uh this is almost i would probably i don't know 
at least three quarters of the time, this is someone who is like be- being told by the person who is supposed to be their sponsor that they're being taken through the steps. And so when I talk to someone like that and, and I'm just like, oh, cool. Yeah. So where, where are you at in the steps? Like if it's anything more than like a three word response, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. You're, so you're just not, you don't, you're not, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah. Step four. It's just like, I am I am here. Like, if you were doing this, this is what stuck out, one of the things you said early on. If you were doing this process, you would know exactly what step you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly where I'm at with the steps any day. You know, I know what I'm doing. I know, and you kind of ended with this, I know with my morning and nightly 11 stuff, and the stuff I do with 10 throughout the day and 12 that I'm constantly being redirected back to the commitment that I made in step three. I know that that is like the hub of the wheel and everything kind of comes out from that decision. So when looking at uh, this one, two, three problem solution commitment thing, um, it's it's a little rudimentary, but I think it's 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 still accurate to kind of boil it down like that for people because all I'm doing really is committing to this process. But you know the paragraph right after the prayer, I really love to read with people when we when we do the prayer. Uh, it says we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person such as our wife, that's what I did, uh, best friend or spiritual advisor, but it is better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. So, like, we, we, need to, we need to understand the commitment that we're making, right? The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we voice the idea expressing it without reservation. Again, like, I need to be able to voice a specific idea, right? And so it doesn't say anything about like having a deep comprehension of how I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Um, it doesn't say anything about like being able to immediately explain this to someone. It just says that, and it's pretty clear that like, I need to know what I'm committing to, what I'm doing, what the decision is. And I think why that's so important is because if I think, like I hear presented a lot in, in meetings and stuff, if I think that step three is simply just, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to let God be in charge, right? And like, that's all I'm doing. It, then I'm missing what's right after that in the book, which is like, okay, that decision, groovy and cool, super helpful, probably going to save your life. Uh probably not going to save your life unless you immediately launch into action face all this stuff you've never faced see how you know all these things that Leia was talking about are actually detrimental to the people around you you know you're not the nicest person on the planet um because all of that stuff is just me playing god in these people's lives right so the commitment that I'm making is first and foremost that I'm no longer going to be playing God. I'm going to 
acknowledge that something else is going to be playing that role. And I think lastly, and maybe most importantly to me today, when I go through that step with people, with newer people, um, is this idea that I'm committing to take other people through that process and demonstrate what God has done for me by making that commitment, by doing the work. Uh, this this um, this whole idea of where it says at the you know like what is it page sixty page sixty like we had to quit playing God and it shows us in the like following paragraphs what this means what playing God means mm -hmm. because again it's fine to say you know oh okay um, give up all the control to like some power mm -hmm. which is beyond you and all the all all humans right but they're they're actually going to to tell us here what it means to play god in like these very generic terms but that like they speak to i think they speak to uh, probably uh to everyone mm -hmm. uh but th this was like when i when i started uh going to aa meetings and um somehow people read from the big book once in a while <laughs> whenever that happened and step three was read i was like this makes like complete sense to me all the rest of this what's happening here is like i don't understand any of it i don't understand what this program is i don't know what these steps are but like these few paragraphs about quitting playing god especially is he not even in his best moments? This is what I thought was me, you know, like me and my best moments. A producer of confusion rather than harmony. And I was like, oh, right, yeah. Like, it's sort of meant to me that these people knew what they were talking about. Mm. But then this message is um, like the power behind these words and these examples that they give is diluted. You know, it's lost in the fellowship because we don't really talk about this right. in meetings we don't talk about step three at all people talk about step four and how hard it is and you know they talk about being on step nine for a year which is which i heard like a few times <laughs> and i was like how 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 are you not drinking if you're right. just um so it's it's a shame that this is sort of like lost along the way uh because it just it, it's the heart of the of the whole thing, right? What what you said, yeah. yeah. What a hard year that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. No thanks. <laughs> I uh, wanted to go back to something that you brought up, Leia, um, in that third step prayer, where it says, "Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness." Blah 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 blah. There's a lot of language in there that's like, whoa. Right. Um, <laughs> but take away my difficulties um it doesn't say take away my problems right that's something completely different that's mm -hmm. the way like i used to think prayer worked mm. god this is so hard just take it right mm -hmm. and i don't have to do anything i'm just gonna uh -huh, lay there helplessly and like take away my problems this sucks everybody's mean to me um you know it says take away my difficulties. So where it tells me that the wording of this prayer is quite optional, I reworded that in a way that's like, okay, what I'm really asking for is the honesty, courage, serenity, and humility to face the things that separate me from God mm. and those about me, mm. my family, my friends, because it's going to suck 
it's going to be hard. But I know I've intentionally blocked myself off. Um, and I'm the only one that can like do something about that if I truly want to have a relationship with this higher power. So mm-hmm. um, I love the, the difference there between my problems and my difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, as we move forward, I think more of that stuff we it'll probably be illuminated by the next prayer <laughs> right i think it's it's interesting there's a there's a, a very i don't know not sneaky we've already talked about it on this show but there's a very pointed reason i wanted to do both of these prayers in one episode with someone whose recovery i i trust and value whose whose words i i want to hear on the topic um and again, I don't think it's sneaky, but it's it's very pointed. Um, but that notwithstanding, there is a pivot point at step three in the steps. And there's also a pivot point at step seven. Like we are shifting gears. Step three, we're not talking about booze anymore. Like that's not what we're doing. <laughs> this thing keeps hitting my fucking face. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're not talking about booze anymore. We're getting down to causes and conditions. And then the way that this was presented to me is that steps three through seven is one action that we are committing to this thing, launching, and then that's the reason there's an amen at the end of the seven step prayer and not at the third step prayer because it's like, okay, amen, we've completed this thing. Now I don't I, I don't know if that's just like some you know thing that you'd see stitched into a blanket at Cracker Barrel or something like you know it's like a live laugh love kind of a <laughs> I'm just going to mention live laugh love every every third episode um I don't know if that's just you know it's it's kind of folky it's kind of sitting on a rocking chair whittling some wood kind of a you know you know, passed down kind of idea. But I do think that there's credence to it just being one thing. Like, I'm just going to do this one thing. I'm going to commit to this process and just blast through this inventory process and then get to step seven. And it's a point of, well, what's it a point of? Page 76. Let's, let's go there. And now, the recovery game show sensation you've only previously heard whispered about in the members-only room in the back of your local AA clubhouse. From the crusty old-timers who brought you the beloved recovery game shows, put the plug in the jug, and just don't drink, no matter what, it's... Thank you. All right. I'm Skip Nightingale. Let's meet tonight's unlucky newcomer. Melinda G. is a waitress and aspiring writer from Omaha, Nebraska. She's 24 years old, never been to jail, never wrecked a car, still has all her teeth, but has tried repeatedly to quit drinking on her own and has found she's completely incapable. Say hello, Melinda. Hey, I'm Melinda. So excited to be here. I'm just out of rehab. Uh, what? Ah, uh, that's your first mistake here on... Real Bullshit. The newcomer. 
Homer has nothing to say worth hearing. Don't worry, you'll get the hang of it. I'm sorry, I I didn't know. Nobody told me. <laughs> okay, let's begin. I came here because I just can't stop drinking alcohol. It's causing serious problems in my life. Uh-huh. Oh, another misstep from Melinda. You see, newcomers are expected to be barely seen and certainly not heard. Good thing relapse is just a part of the process here at Real of Bullshit. Enough fun and games. Melinda G, let's spin the I just spin it right, like, right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Spin it. Oh, okay. uh, Okay, let's see what vital, life-saving piece of advice the wheel has for you tonight. Stay out of the barber shop and you won't get a haircut. Oh, that old gag, eh? What does that mean? Spin again! Uh... Oh... Uh, okay... Ugh. It's alright if we scare you out of the rooms. Alcohol will scare you right back in. Oh, that hurts! sure that that's entirely true. Let's have another spin. Uh, okay. Here we go. Ugh. Take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Oh, oh no. That's a toughie. I'm thinking I might just go home. I'm not really getting anything I can relate with here. Yeah, it is a fair point. Yeah, I mean... One more spin, Melinda. <sighs> oh, okay. I'll spin it one more time. Ugh. just starting to like her. Nobody asked me to do anything other than just show up yet. I guess that's all for this week. I'm Skip Nightingale. Join us next week on... Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Step six and seven are like just two paragraphs, right? So I I always feel that these um, that these steps are like being like glossed over. It's like you know the sort of like forgotten steps, the ones that are there, which are important because all steps are important, as we're told. And okay, fine, that's why they're the twelve steps, not the you know ten steps. But for me, like when I was doing this, this this is what this is what happened exactly as you said it. I I said okay, th- this is my commitment here, 
um i don't have like the deepest understanding of of what i'm doing but this is where i can like this is the decision i've made so let's just you know get cracking and and see and launch into the you know into the into the following steps and this is and this is what 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 happened and um was sort of like emphasized by by the step three prayer for me uh and then it's like step four and five um i felt like i was still somehow the center of this whole story (laughs) you know the center of attention this was like what i had to do and the way i had to act and my mistakes and you know like um and then after step five it's sort of like it's like a cutoff point you know it's like okay you've done step five you've done all these actions it's you 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 and now uh we're going to try for something different (laughs) and (laughs) i i've uh this deflation that happens to a lot of people or uh, at least maybe the way it's intended to be uh that happens at step one uh didn't really happen to me until step uh six and seven Mm. with step six and seven i was uh, you know uh, the way they say that in the fellowship cut down to size mm-hmm. that was where like all this pettiness and selfishness that i had never seen or chose not to see that i ignored all these fears you know all these harms uh, the hurt uh behind all my actions was revealed and like sort of laid bare mm-hmm. and because i could see all of those you know the character defect defects that came out from my from my inventory in step four there was it the feeling was of not being able to run away but wanting to very much Mm -hmm. you know it was like i don't want to look at this i i don't want to like i want to hide you know i want to keep doing what i was doing before i started this whole process but um so that brought me to step six and it's something that i think now is much better than alone that's where like the sponsor steps back and that's the way i think it should be done because when the sponsor because when the sponsor does that the room for god to come in Mm. it's it's there it's like that's where that's where it happens because if not then the like wanting to still keep on relying on someone to hold your hand is very much there or at, at least it was for me it was like yeah. i'm all alone with this what what do i do you know like you go into sort of like, <laughs> where, where is where, where is the help mm-hmm. right so you go to so you go to step six i went to step six here and okay it's fine you know god take away all my all my defects of character that i'm seeing now clearly but the relief wasn't there yet so that took me to step seven and I started saying this prayer over and over. And just this first sentence, my creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. That that was just like the turning point for me because I saw very clearly that it's not only the bad stuff. You know, it's not only these defects of character. It's not only my mistakes and all this inventory. There's all this other stuff too which is which is good because and that takes us again back to step three our actor as most people or as most humans will have varied traits right so 
like this sentence in the prayer it's not just a sentence in a book it's a prayer it's something that you like consciously do to communicate with something other than yourself mm-hmm. so it it's sort of like um it it shows you or it showed me in that moment that i am no better and no worse than the rest of humanity mm-hmm. like there it is you know you're just you're just part of the whole you're just part of the whole you know circle of life whatever <laughs> right. you're just you're you're just, bozo you're just on the bus <laughs> it's the bozo you're just another bozo on the bus bozo yeah um and then because it says all of me good and bad it it gives back a sense of um wholeness yes a sense of completeness uh somehow and then again i pray that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows so the idea that look this is i have identified where i'm blocked from god and why so take all of this i can see it now i can identify it i can pinpoint it take all of these things not just in general right i'm surrendering to god and right. you know let god no it's not it this, i'm being very specific here mm. um because i really don't want any of that mm-hmm. but not because it makes me feel like a shitty person but because it really blocks me from showing up in a useful way mm-hmm. for others in a useful unselfish way for others right. and then grant me strength as i go out from here this this again this, the word strength was was somehow fundamental for me in this prayer because i felt at that point i felt completely powerless mm-hmm. over everything like i knew that at that point I, it was just like a visceral knowledge i knew that i i had <laughs> i didn't know what to do and i had uh like no power of myself to change anything so this idea of strength coming in from like a different source other than myself or uh, somebody else was that was like wow <laughs> that was the wow <laughs> moment you know and also give me strength as i move out of here or as i go out from here it's uh that thought accompanied me into step 9 mm. and it was with me all the time during step 9 yeah yeah absolutely I love that. <laughs> so it's like uh, these um, building blocks of my personality are scattered mm-hmm. at this point. You know, it's like what I thought of myself, I have seen that is not necessarily true. So what this what this prayer uh, did for me at that point was it rearranged through God rearranged through this prayer, these building blocks for me or started that process mm. so the, this this whole uh the idea of a complete psychic change that was that started somewhere around you know step four but i could see it clearly in step seven and then it was completed with step 12 yeah that's all that's so cool yeah that's that's awesome ah leah <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. You mowing down the Paul Mall um, non filters yeah. this morning or what? <laughs> Mark that on your phone. <laughs> Sorry, I goofed. You you don't want you don't want me to keep that in? What did I I I think I said her name. 
No, you said Leia. I s- well, I'm not going to repeat the weird noise that came out of my body, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I said her name before I said Leia. <laughs> um, no, that was seriously awesome. I have not divin divin doved dove doven English is horrible. Why do you speak this language, Leia? Um, I've never gone that deep into a uh, comparison of three and seven before, right? And I don't know that I've ever heard anybody talk about their experience in kind of like that breakdown that happens between mm. four and seven and that wholeness that we get back through this process. Like that was just really beautiful the way you, you said that. Wholeness was huge. When you were when you were kind of looking for the word in my in my mind I was like wholeness. I was like thinking <laughs> wholeness and then I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking, wait, is is wholeness something to do with bread? Like <laughs> You know, like is that the is that is that like it's full of these grains and chia and is that is that cold is that like black bread? God restore me to my twelve grain wholeness. Um, fermented, slowly fermented black bread. I uh, oh man, two things. So the the reason that I really wanted to look at these prayers in the same episode is because this is the same prayer. It's the same prayer. If you, if you read mm-hmm. them side by side, it's the same thing. It's just like, uh, you're in charge of my whole life now. Please remove my s- struggles, whatever, so that I can specifically so that I can be more useful to people, you know, bolster me so I can go out and do your work. Like, that's what both of these prayers are saying. And um, it's it's. Uh, I think there's like a there's a thing that happens in the fellowship, even in like big book people fellowship, um, where these become like liturgical rather than um, substantive and like functional, um, meaning that it's just like a thing I say. It's just like a mm. you know what I mean. It's like oh yeah, mm. I, I get you know when you hear stuff in meetings where it's like I say the third step prayer every morning or whatever. And I want to, I want to take this moment to just be clear. I'm not trying to yuck anybody's recovery yum. I'm not trying to crap on how how anybody uh, prays or anything like that. But speaking specifically to the directions of the twelve steps, like um, you know, we do step three one time, right? You know, like this is the step three. And I'm not saying don't go back through the steps or anything like that. I'm just saying I often hear the third step prayer presented in third step meetings as like, this is something I have to do every day. And to what you were saying earlier, where I think people are missing the mark there is that if you are living in 10, 11 and 12, that you're doing that anyway. Like mm-hmm. 10, 11, and 12 is like constantly taking you back to, to your step three commitment. Um, and making like a liturgical, like rote prayer experience out of the third step decision to me is missing that understanding that what you talked about is necessary for step three. It's like, I don't know that you understand the decision that you were making in step three if it's just become 
you know, like the serenity prayer for you or like some other prayer. Um, I think that, that you might have missed what that tool is there for. And I mean, you, you, you described it beautifully, equally beautiful description of this six and seven thing. And at the beginning, you kind of mentioned the, the concept that you hear in the rooms a lot of like step six and seven being given short shrift in the big book. Like there's not enough written on them in the big book. Um, which I always, uh, I always think is, it's 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 strange. It's like if you, if you had like a cookbook, and like the sixth and seventh direction in the cookbook are just written, and then like fifteen years later, somebody who like was friends with Betty Crocker like wrote another book, but it was a book about making those recipes, and about like their experience for the 15 years they've been cooking those recipes and then years and years and years and decades after that everyone in this like gathering of people who get together to talk about that recipe uh, most of those people think that the essays written about specifically the sixth and seventh step in that recipe are more important than the actual directions in the recipe. And so it's always so confusing to me because it's like, that's, that is step six and seven. The reason why it's so concise is you're not really doing anything. You, you, this is where, and this is the pivot point that you just, that you just, you know, very eloquently showed how it worked in your life. Like, this is where I need to see, at least rudimentary, I need to see, this is not up to me. It's not up to me to work on these things. It's not up to me to, like, list out my assets and, like, or the opposites of my defects and try to be that thing. Like, it's exactly what you said. It's, it's I am surrendering. I'm, again, acknowledging my third step decision. I'm asking for help to surrender. And specifically so I can do what? Immediately go out and start doing amends and let this power that's now in charge work on all this stuff that I have admitted is objectionable. And I think, like, it's it's really tragic to me when people say the th that, that thing about, like, oh, there's not enough on step six and seven in the book, and it's just like... How... <laughs> I'm just like... How that's that's step six and seven. You're talking about something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like uh, you know this recipe uh, analogy that you mentioned. So you know, step six is uh, 250 grams of butter, right? And step seven is, and here's the whatever, um, a cup of milk. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to be talking about the butter how it's done, you know, the <laughs> composition of butter and uh, the exact temperature and when we should add it and mm -hmm. the exact second and the same with milk, like what type of milk, like the, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, unless you actually put the butter and the milk into your bowl, mm. it, we can talk and talk about it, but the cake is not being done. I mean, like <laughs> yes. the oven is heating up, but like we're not getting the dough inside. It's just it will not happen. So, like when when I um, 
when I when I took the steps and I started talking to people about the steps in the fellowship, I got like all these all this information about step six and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's there there are pamphlets written, pages and pages. I mean, like seventy seven. Someone sent me a document, something called "Drop the Rock," and I was like, <laughs> "What does that mean? What does drop the rock mean?" Like what and then it's i mean and i thought 77 pages on step six and seven why are we going to be talking about the composition of the fucking butter here i mean it's like there's not even that many pages in the big book when you get to six and seven (laughs) and step six and seven can be i mean really there's a lot of stuff to be said about six and seven especially Mm -hmm. if we're sharing experience of how yeah you know what it happened what how how that happened to us how we did it what was like what was what we did before and what we did right after and it, otherwise it's just and again it's just theory you know it's mm. just uh writing on the wall there's nothing there's like no depth in it the depth right. in 6 and 7 which i feel are like really important i mean obviously yeah. uh from what i said but like this whole the, the whole depth in six and seven is when we get to hear how other people experienced it mm-hmm. because some people like i've heard people because I've, I've asked people recovered people you know i said so how was step seven for you you know because it was like <laughs> this big deal for me yeah. and i'd be like oh yeah yeah and they'd be like yeah no step three and step four yeah step five was like, step nine was big yeah step seven was just like this really you know connecting to god beautiful moment and i was like wow it's <laughs> It's because it's it's amazing that this process can yield so many different results. Mm-hmm. And yet, like the end product of being unblocked and for me specifically because I came to the to, to the fellowship like a you know, staunch, convinced atheist mm-hmm. who had to thought through my you know, atheism like to to the point where I was just on the point to the point of belief uh so 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 for me like the end product of of the steps was not only the unblocking from the higher power but what it says actually in the book which was finding a my own conception of god and god God today is is a fact (laughs) and it just happened so writing 77 pages on two paragraphs from the big book which holds so much Mm-hmm. but not to be written about you don't write about the butter put the butter in the you know in the on, in the bowl that's it <laughs> drop yes. the rock what yeah drop the butter baby <laughs> i love it drop the butter the sequel drop the rock part two the butter must also drop not to be done not to be done by disney <laughs> well there has to be done has to be done by Disney now. No, Disney has cool stuff. Not the movies, though. <laughs> so, the it's it's funny that the other thing that I hear about these two prayers that again I don't care how you pray like that's cool. Um, what we like to do on this show often is talk about stuff that you hear in the fellowship that is just like, huh, what, um. And I think that this is one of those things. It's it, it, even though this is these are prayers that are very important and they're in the directions. But I, I I've I've heard many 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 people say that 
you know, w- what their morning looks like is that they say the step three and step seven prayer. And like, that's their morning routine. Right. Um, and it's like always confused me. And so as you guys have heard, um, I was in AA when I was like 19. And then again, when I was 20, um, a couple stents and I still have the big book that I had at that time and it's like covered and stuff and like the pages are like color coded like there's just, I was like a total big book nerd and like, dinosaur stickers and <laughs> 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 no it's it's got like shit cut out from the grapevine on it like it's real cringe um, but there's this one thing on it taped on the on the cover of the book of among other things this one thing that's like the it's like the it's i was looking for it i don't see it i don't know where it is it must be out on the bookshelf but um it's called something like the alcoholic morning prayer or something like that and i was like i i saw it i don't know like six or seven months ago i was like what the fuck what the fuck is that (laughs) and so i read it it's like this dense paragraph right it's just the third and seventh step prayer like Mm. written as one thing and it really hits hit home with me then i'm like this is the (laughs) the same thing why why am i reading both of these together and like but it's proliferated to the point in the fellowship where it's like again I, i think it's liturgical it's like a it's like saying like a hail. Uh, what do they call it? Hail Mary? Is that a? I'm like that's a football thing, but yeah, it's like saying the rosary or something. It's just like a thing where it's like I don't really know what this means. Right. It's just rote. It's just like I say this. Um, mm. And like I think, a mantra. Yeah, mm. I think divorcing it from the process, removing it from the process, and just having it as like this prayer card that I read takes away from the importance of where those things are in the process because they are two like very pivotal points in the process and you described that perfectly with seven particularly can i offer uh, a slightly different perspective of course um i agree that like the step three decision is a one-time thing right i'm making the decision my surrender I'm going to continue with this process because like I know I'm fucked if I don't do that, right? So that's that's a one-time thing. When I got to this point in the process though, um I would have I, I would say that I was agnostic, you know. And mm-hmm. so I have no relationship with the higher power. This is brand new. Um I'm learning that every prayer I've ever said before was selfish and I don't know how to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. So it given the opportunity in step 3, to spend time creating my own prayer to that higher power, starting that conversation, that was like a really badass opportunity for me. And I haven't been asked to do any inventory yet. I haven't been asked to do a whole lot, right? But I can say that prayer every morning, you know, because I I want to say that prayer every morning. Mm -hmm. I want a relationship with that higher power. And so... When I'm working with others, I do say, listen, this isn't in the book. This is not a direction in the book. When I wrote my prayer, I found that it just became a part of my morning routine to say that. If that's helpful, do it. But just know that you're making a decision here. And that means like 
this is where we're headed you know so my but you if if that part of the process where i had been given an opportunity to like write a prayer was like step one or Mm -hmm. step nine then i might be saying those prayers every morning it doesn't matter what you call it i was just like oh this higher power is available to me whenever all the fucking time you know Mm -hmm. and so it just happens to be that like the prayer that I said daily was also the prayer I said that I wrote when I was like going through this decision. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I also want to make this very, very, very abundantly clear. The the like the hesitation I have around people who are like, oh, I do step three and se- is my dog snoring? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I was like, I'm hearing something. I'm like, what is that? Um, Rupert's over there, like having horrible, like AA nerd nightmares. (laughs) Star Wars. What the fuck are these idiots talking about? (laughs) Um, These nerds. Yeah. So, um, the the hesitation that I have around people who who are saying like, oh yeah, you know, I I say the third and seventh step prayer every morning or whatever. The hesitation I have there is far, 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 far less concerning to me than, and this happened this week, um, than the absolute, like, skin-peeling cringe I feel when some big book person is, like, going above and beyond to do their, you know, duty as Captain Big Book to be like, we only do the third step once. Mm. That's a one-time thing. And like correct people in quotes, mm-hmm. like in meetings or in the fellowship, like yeah, it's not any of your fucking business if someone's doing that. Right. Right. So like my point of view is that like you are dead on track because I do the same shit. I will tell people who I sponsor, hey, this exact specific way to do this is n- not in the book. This is what has helped. What helped me when mm-hmm. I was new, and if you want to do that, feel free. Um, like if someone's asking me questions about, well, what is this and that? Here's how I did that. Mm-hmm. Feel free to do it that way. Uh, just know, I want you to have your own experience with this thing. Here are the directions from the book. I don't really think that the minutia of it is what matters. Right. It's the spirit of the thing, not the letter of the thing. Right. I love that. It's like a, also, yeah. No, that, I was going to take us way off track. <laughs> it's oh yeah, like yeah. In, do uh, that. Do that. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> well, it's it's like when we were talking about uh, when we put pen to paper and we take inventory. It's like, can we do it on a typewriter? And it's like, I don't fucking care. Finger paint the thing. You know, <laughs> exactly. like that's not that's not the spirit of it. Like the book doesn't right. say so. Just get it done. You know. Um, write in lipstick for all I give a shit. I really don't yeah. want to talk about lipstick, that. Lips, lipstick that's on a hotel lot. room mirror. Yeah, do it. It's a lot of lipstick. And that's a very vivid, like, America, cultural, you know, cultural thing. American, you, 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 like, we think in Europe that that's what you do every day, you know? Like, in America, everyone writes with lipstick on the in the motel room, so... Yeah. I go through um, a lot of uh, lipstick. <laughs> All of our daily um, affirmations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My gratitude list. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Um, I also feel like I, because I, I've had this um, 
like a tremendous spiritual experience with these steps that and like still being you know aware of the way i thought or the way i thought spirituality was supposed to be done or not done especially in terms of religion like before the steps i i feel like i am absolutely in no position to tell people how they should pray mm-hmm. uh i know that uh, john was referring to uh to a to a different thing with the uh, with with people in in meetings saying that this is what that it's like a road thing that this is what they do and it's like that's their 11th step practice which is not the 11th step practice because i mean you know we could be vague about it but we're just not gonna be vague about it it's right. written it's written right here what you're supposed to be doing but if like people want to pray a certain way and say these these prayers whichever prayer in the book uh throughout their day or in their mornings that's great mm-hmm. aside like of course as long as they do it you know after they've done the the 11th step uh directions from the book it, even the book says you know like whatever whatever you have adjacent mm-hmm. to this spiritual practice you go ahead and do it if it's the church it's the church if it's if it's a different prayer it's a different prayer that's great you're like free to pray the way you want to pray and it's just that this concept of of telling someone how they should or shouldn't conduct their spiritual practice it's it just defeats the purpose of the book which mm-hmm. which which right. basically says this is this is how you get a direct contact from god yep. now from that moment on you know the broad spirit <laughs> the broad highway of the spirit right so um yeah hell yeah hell yeah round of applause to have their <laughs> own experience yes i'm geeking out over here cuz we were just talking about this and yeah it's we've been having like a a hardcore AA nerd weekend <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't imagine. Right. Yeah. It's like spiritually exhausted. <laughs> spiritual I'm like, is it's this too spirit- much. It's too much. Yeah. But is this like, a spiritual emergency? Said. Have you called your sponsors? <laughs> okay. Twelve questions with our guest. Leia O. all right question one uh which step has been most rewarding for you Mm, yeah i have to go with 12 nice yeah sponsorship Mm. it's awesome it's been really uh really cool to watch you jump into that uh, it wasn't easy, uh, a lot of 10 steps on that, but like the learning curve just, you know, it, it, it was it was really steep at the beginning and now it's like, okay, I'm really like seeing what I have to do here, which is not a lot actually, contrary to what I thought it would be. Right. Uh, and just um, having people tell me uh, how they feel and, you know, like what what's happening with them at each step is just it's just freaking amazing. I, I can't wait for uh, my sponsees to have sponsees. Right. That's going to be like, yes. <laughs> One thing I particularly loved about uh, when you were talking about six and seven was the sponsor 
giving room for you and God. You know, I think it's, I don't know. I hadn't heard it phrased exactly the way that you phrased it, but that's very powerful. It's, it's really cool that, to look back on my step work and see that like my sponsor just let me have an experience, you know, um, when I hear so many things from so much of the fellowship that are, are just, it's like their sponsor trying to manufacture something in them, you know, and be there and like drag them through it or push them, you know, or just even, you know, this whole thing of holding people's hands, Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the process. That's also actually playing God, you know, like, I'm going to make this better for you. No, you're not. I'm going to, I'm going to have this experience with or without you. And it's something which, uh, I realize sounds very harsh to, to people like immersed in the fellowship, because that's not what we're told or we're shown sponsorship is about because apparently sponsorship is, is about like accompanying this, this sponsee through everything. When in fact, it's just relaying the directions from the book and stepping back, which is like a novel concept for relationships of any kind right. or was, you know, to me, cause it was like, no, no, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to be on top of everything here. No, I'm not. God is, <laughs> but but when my sponsor did that, I think you guys know my sponsor. When my sponsor did that, and 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 uh, he removed himself from the picture in six and seven and seven, I was like, "What the fuck is happening? Why is he? This is like, what am I going to do now? That's you know like, but that's exactly what 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 should be done i think now you know uh leave that space up for that power to start flowing in awesome yeah how long did it take you to complete the steps um i think maybe two weeks (laughs) yeah that's quick nice it's awesome um would you rather rid the world of slogan slingers or sober influencers. What is a slogan slinger? Is that like someone who? What are you even like? A, is that some? It's an where's my where's my urban to, yeah, exactly. urban dictionary? Like I've got urban dictionary open all the time. It's uh yeah exactly you have to have it with us. Um the uh it's just a little uh, use of alliteration to refer to the people in meetings who are like. Keep coming back one day at a time. Stick around until the miracle is here. And, <laughs> and, like, I don't even know a lot of them anymore, but... So those yeah, people I, or sober influencers. I'd, I'd, I'd go with slogan slingers. Yeah. Big fan of alliteration. Uh, but yeah, those, those guys. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> okay. All right. Has your conception of your higher power changed since you started the steps? Mm, I'd say yes, in the sense that um, it has broadened. Mm-hmm. It's like more everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll leave it at that. But Expanding. yeah, love it. Nice. Um, I need to come up with a Zoom version of this question, but 
Uh, clubhouse or church basement? <laughs> I don't even know what a clubhouse is. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they have that. If they, if 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 we do that here, I know. Um, but um, probably church basement then, since I don't know what a clubhouse <laughs> is. <laughs> Let me explain it. It's like uh, if the church basement where the meetings are held were a standalone building and that's all that happened there but there was like a separate room where there's like vending machines or maybe a snack bar with people who just kind of hang out there all day doing nothing and maybe they go into the meetings every once in a while uh that's what that's a clubhouse so it's like an aa building thing <laughs> yes <laughs> yes we need to talk about AA being so institutionalized in, <laughs> in America. <laughs> there's, there's a, it's like... Yeah, that's actually a perfect segue because my next question is, as an American, if I were visiting Spain, what should I expect? <laughs> like, what is culturally different about AA in Spain? Okay, I love that question. Um... So I've been uh, mostly going to like these English international speaking uh, groups. Um, and the truth is that AA in Spain, Spanish speaking AA, it's like very uh, like it's laying low. Uh, most of the groups that are that are active are the ones with the like expat community, uh, mostly from the UK. Uh, so you'll get um, a lot of meetings in places like the Canary Islands or Costa Brava in you know Malaga and Andalusia and and all those places where I live. Uh, there are like no English speaking meetings at all from here to Madrid. So it's like 700 kilometers, nothing. Um, and the the Spanish AA that I've been to, like in meetings, in person meetings, is. Um, it's very much fellowship based. So uh, the 12 and 12 is read. Um, the steps are mentioned, but sort of like on the side, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and people just uh, just share about, you know, their problems. Mm. So I, I haven't found a lot of uh, a lot of solution based meetings where I live. Uh, I think that that might be that might be uh, like common across Spain. And then the other thing is that I've been looking into um, treatment centers, like what they do, uh, a little bit of research, thinking of maybe I could, you know, sort of start something there. But it's very difficult because building something from the ground up in a place where AA is just like this American thing, you know, like right. in a, sort of more like an imported uh, concept. Uh, would probably be very difficult but what I see in treatment centers is that there's almost no step work done like it's all uh, therapy mm -hmm. PTSD type of thing you would get more of um, step focused treatment centers in places like Ireland or the UK like all these you know Anglo-Saxon type of thing in Spain it's still a very like nobody really knows what to do with AA mm. yeah right. wow that's interesting <laughs> Um, sort of a related follow-up to that. I don't know. Maybe related. Um, favorite tapas? <laughs> no, no, not favorite tapas. It's gonna be chorizo. 
I mean, come on. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, let's see here. If your life before recovery were a movie, what would it be called? Clueless? <laughs> yes. Awesome answer. Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. That answer. Clueless episode three. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Re Revenge of the Wine. Oh, that's great. The wine comes back <laughs> the wine day after. <laughs> All right. Um, so besides the big book, are there any other spiritual books or media that have been really impactful to your spiritual growth? That's an interesting thing because, like, before doing the steps, I was not even not interested in spirituality. I was just directly rejecting it. Uh, exactly like it says in the book, you know, we let our prejudice make us intolerant to so that. That that's uh, that's my paragraph. Um, but I'd say that the big book is at the forefront. It's like the the main text for like spiritual practice that I go back to. Uh, I've tried looking into other things uh, slowly, but um, I've stopped reading books. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I haven't found anything that speaks uh, to me at least in the same way. Although it's very rewarding now to like pick up, um, I don't know, you know, poetry uh, with like a spiritual edge to it or like texts by priests something that i would like i would i would recall from it as yeah. from a hot flame you know <laughs> right. before right. right and and see and see the program reflected there and be like yes <laughs> you know like yep here and here and here and that's amazing and that's great but what's happened actually is that i after doing the program when I'm watching something uh, like, I don't know, a series uh, and they talk about the principles, the spiritual principles of the program, I feel like, you know, cheering, like yeah. saying, yes, these people, <laughs> these people have done the pro, th these people have done the program. This happened in, in this uh, series, uh, what was it, uh, Afterlife uh, with Ricky Gervais, where I was like, this is definitely program based. Nice. That is way cool. That is so cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I do have some bad news for you, though. The book is not written about you because it was written about me. Oh, fuck. Am I not the center of mm -hmm. what, no. everything there? No. Wow. Spoilers. Nah. Spoilers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Six and seven. Right. Uh, okay. When's the last time you did a 10 step? Yesterday. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. All right. Name a chapter you'd like to see written into the fifth edition of the Big Book. Just the a title chapter, of the chapter. I'd like. Yeah. Um. Layers. Um. Layers. <laughs> spiritual experience. Uh, I'd love to see. Um. I'd love to see a chapter on or even a story on uh like people's personal experience with each step 
I would have loved to following the 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 directions from the book. Not just, you know, wishy-washy, whatever, right. life sucked and now it's great. But like, no, the, my, even in bullet points, you know, Mark F, step three. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the stories in the back, even the ones that are like from the early members, a lot of it, I, I think when people read those, especially new people, it, it's just like, I think that they don't catch that the assumption is... We've done the work, <laughs> like yeah. we've done this stuff, and so they they don't go specifically like you're talking about bullet point into the step stuff. They but they talk about having found God and having found a new way of life and and some stuff that they do on the other side of recovery that has come about as a result of the recovery. But a lot of that is pulled out when people read that as like that's the stuff they did to get sober and recover. Yeah, they went to meetings. Right. That's what I. That's what I. That's what I read into. I haven't. I haven't gone through the stories that much, but what I've seen was that another thing would, would which would be great, would be like a just a short history of AA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't. We don't really know any anything about Bill W. and Bob. You know, like glossed over. Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to explain this question this time, so that I can understand briefly. it. He points at me like no, I'm just pay the clarifying. I'm just okay. clarifying because uh, there's there's a cultural barrier. So the word hang is used in this question <laughs> meaning to like hang out with someone. Just ask the hang question out. differently. Every time I no, this is how the question's phrased. It's supposed to be asked this way. Alright. You get me? So if I said yes. we, we're hanging out, right? Okay. So, better hang, Russell Brand or Holly Whitaker? Russell Brand. Mm. Okay. Yep. Every time. <laughs> to me, it's a really difficult question because he's so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I understand why she is losing. Right. <laughs> I get why Holly is not winning that. Okay. Absolutely. All right, when you are talking to a new person, what's the most important thing you can find out about them? I guess um, the first few meetings, especially the first meeting, is trying to establish where they're at, meaning uh, where they are with their drinking, where they are with their sobriety, how they're... How they, I guess, how they got to a place where they're sitting across from me, mm-hmm. and why? Because I'm, I'm sort of, I'm always leading that first meeting into the like qualifiers, you know, page 44. So I'm trying to like establish this, not only the rapport, and not only like um, trying to relate, but also trying to see if, you know, if this person really. Uh, is there to try at least to do the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not getting into like the temperature of the butter or anything <laughs> at, in that first meeting. That's in the second meet. That's okay. step two yeah. meeting. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What type of wax paper is this butter <laughs> wrapped in? Okay. Bonus question. How would you defer... Blah. 
<laughs> How would you define the term old timer? Oh, yeah, old, like an old geezer? Like a geezer. <laughs> uh, I find that, like, probably over 60% of the old timer population in AA. There's a study for this. It's, uh, it's, yes. it's a joke. It's a joke. There's no reviewed? study. Come on. That's it. Yeah. Um, are um, either unrecovered people who have mm. hung around the fellowship uh, for enough time for the osmosis to work. No, for <laughs> enough time. <laughs> osmosis does not work, people. It just it that's not how the program works. But. <laughs> Enough enough time to grasp these concepts and think that they are actually employing them in their own life um, when in fact they're not. Uh, they probably either haven't done the steps at all or have skimmed over them or half-assed them or whatever. Or um, people who have done the steps 30 years ago and nothing <laughs> apart from that. Mm. That's it. Like no 10, 11, and 12. Now, did you check for moderating factors in this study, or there was a like a blind group, <laughs> <laughs> blind study? Awesome! What a great answer! So good! What an awesome time, Leia! Thank you so much for doing this with us. This was so amazing! Thank yeah, you. It's great. Any any parting words? No, no, I just I love you so much, and I'm so glad that I got to be here for this. This is so good. Absolutely. Oh. I love you guys as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure. We'll uh, we'll see you very soon, I'm sure, in our, <laughs> our little group chat thing. <laughs> this has been a podcast greater than yourself. Greater Than Yourself was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous.